now listening to the Seventh Rounders. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Seventh Rounders. And folks, all hell's broken loose over the over the last week. I mean, just insanity all over the place. I mean, name a sport. It's happening everywhere. Involving a lot of my teams, shockingly, both good and Chad, bad. Chad, you, you're getting just pulled in all directions. You're like, um, what's that? What's that? Is that a game? You just get pulled in all directions. I don't know. Oh, it's like the gingerbread man in Shrek. That's what you lo- you're like right now, right? Oh, I was more thinking that scene in um, in uh, Narcos where they basically tied the guy to a bunch of motorcycles and they all drove in the opposite directions. <laughs> a little more violent it's basically the same, the same concept yeah it's the same general concept of dying by being pulled in every direction except the gingerbread man's a cookie so he, he get, they put him back together um chad actually yeah. off the rip here chad i don't want you to put any we didn't prep this question i didn't ask you this at any point today top three what is the three most exciting things that have happened to your sports teams in the last week go number one Number one, I will go with the Kings training for DeMontis Sabonis. Um, I'm excited. Um, listen, bottom line is Kings aren't good enough. You know, they haven't been good enough since 2003 when they got screwed out of an NBA Finals appearance. Uh, they're a low market team. They're not going to sign anyone in free agency. You got to swing for the fences. Back you know? when... Uh... Back when Mike Bibby and Chris Weber were running the NBA. Yep. Yep. So yeah. Hey, people, Chad. Chad, I, I fear that people also didn't they have Jason Williams or is he on a? Yeah, Jason Williams, Peja Stojakovic, Vladi Divac. What a fucking what a team! I mean, that was a really good team. A unit. I mean, look at that. It's like NBA. Live like 2003. I mean, you're talking Kings. You're probably picking the Lakers. I mean, th- those are the top two probably most used teams in that game. Yeah, I remember playing that shit in the league. I need to stop you really quick. Well, you're, hold on. Oh, no, I no, to, no, no, no. You can't no, just no, jump no, in no. when I was yeah. in the middle of something. Are we spreading misinformation? No. Okay. I need Chad is I the fact that he's gonna sit over there and say that quote unquote swinging for the fences is trading one of the best young players in the game for DeMontis Sabonis is preposterous. And quite so frankly, hold- should be you should be ashamed of yourself for saying that. What a god-awful move by the Sacramento Kings. We just traded a second-year guard. We just went and traded a second-year guard hey. who, A, isn't the best guard on the roster, B, isn't even averaging 15 points a game Chad. for – Two-time all-star at the age of 25. Chad, You're going to tell me a bad trade. Chad, I uh, I need to stop you both. NBA talks after the cut. You're, we're getting we're – get, I, I asked the, the question of your three most exciting things. I didn't say for them to be rapid fire. That's on me. I, hand up. I'm going to stop you there. We're going to table that. You're going to remember this. We did this last week. We're going to come back to it. We're going to start after the break with this conversation again. All right. What's your second most exciting thing? I had rapid fire, two and three, and then we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Dolphins hired um, Coach Mike. Coach Mike. And and three is um, watching Rasmus Dahlin in the All-Star game. I like that. I'm surprised you didn't mention Syracuse having three straight games with over 50% from three. They're kind of been cooking late. Um, the Bayheims, the Girard, that'll change. They're going to fall off. But, I mean, exciting, exciting right now. Connor, anything big happened to you, Chad? One okay, one thing. I will never mention Syracuse basketball in like an exciting manner for a long time. So that okay. had no chance of making the list. Hey, I just okay. Wanted to say, hey, all right, Connor. Anything big happened to your teams recently? I don't know. I know Chad had a big week. I had the Dolphins with with Coach Mike, but you have anything? Nothing at all. Some nothing. Some rumors here and there that that we might be looking to move Grady Jarrett or that we're uh, taking calls. So nothing's happened. But so nothing's nothing, happened. Nothing's absolutely happened. nothing at all. Nothing to nothing to report. Okay. Um, what about you, John? I mean, Coach Mike, I'm pumped about. It's very rare that you 
that we, Chad, as the fans of the teams that we are, just bad sports teams, uh, get what we want. And we both wanted Coach Mike about four weeks ago. We had no idea who this man was. You sent me a tweet. And from that first tweet, that first press conference video I saw, we both said we wanted him. So I'm excited. We're going to come back to Coach Mike. Um, Other than that, I mean, it's just been it's a good time to have been a college basketball fan. And we'll come back to that later. Just so much good games. It's been it's been marvelous despite so many losses gambling. But it's been marvelous to watch. Um, John. Yeah. It hasn't been all good news, though. Um, Especially as a Dolphins fan. So unless you live under a rock, Brian Flores sued everyone last week. He I did. mean everyone. He he sued your lawnmower. He sued your dog. He sued everyone. <laughs> um, now, thankfully, the Dolphins are, you know, the Dolphins are a disaster. I, I mean, the owner needs to literally sell. Yeah, he does. Since he bought the franchise. He's kind of a scumbag. I mean, I, I, you just just get rid of him. He's 85 years old. You know, get him out of there. You're please. acting like you're acting, you're acting like we could just be like, you know what? You own the team, but we want you to go, and he's just gonna leave. Mm-hmm. There's a reason he's called the owner. You know, he owns everything. Yeah, it's unfortunately. Man. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. It's uh, it's a mess. It needs to play out a little bit further. It's been quiet since the initial couple days on the Flores front. Obviously, when the Texans hired Lovey, he came out with another statement, and uh, they were happy with the hire being a mi- uh, minority hire, but they're unhappy that it wasn't Brian. So I don't know. More to come there. Um, we have a Super John. Bowl. Well, you keep, you keep, you keep, you keep pushing back the Super Bowl talk. What do you want to talk about before the Super Bowl? What, what do you got? <laughs> uh, I was just gonna mention that. You know, I talked about how I hate what? the owner, Stephen Ross, but at the same time, if his plan worked and Brian Flores lost and made more money for himself, we would also have Joe Burrow. So double-edged sword. Thought I'd throw that in. I mean, thanks. It's a whole mess. It's a mess. It's a problem. Everything's messed. That also is – I don't I don't agree with that from the owner's seat. You should be – You're, you're out of timeouts, Chad. You, you can know yeah. you can't. Chad, the next time out, he's going to Chris Weber us, and he's going to be booted. I mean, it's going to be a a situation. Um, But Super Bowl, Bengals-Rams. No one saw the Rams from this. No one from this podcast has ever predicted the Rams would make the Super Bowl, and neither – same with the Bengals. So um, what do we think? Are we shocked? Chad, you look beside yourself. I called the Rams – from five years ago. Oh. <clears throat> oh, yeah, you did. Chad's been guessing the Rams, and he even said it on an episode. He said he was just going to keep saying the Rams until it actually worked. Yeah. And they're one game away. Yeah. Honestly, if they lose, Chad, your prediction doesn't mean jack shit to us. So this is a big game for you, buddy. Chad, I got to be honest. There's a lot of sarcasm from my from me. On the, I actually also pred- I predicted Rams-Titans preseason. That was my Super Bowl. So I also, we, we, Chad, both accurately predicted the Rams into the Super Bowl. Um, you had the Chiefs, so you really went two homers. I did have, the Titans were a little more of a long shot. Um, obviously, the Bengals beat their ass on uh, that first game. Connor, I can't remember who you had. I don't think you had. Connor had Jaguars and Texans. Right. That, uh I'm pretty sure I went Bucks Bills. That could be it. Definitely no one saw the Bengals. So, I mean, this is probably the most, and I feel like everyone is excited for the Super Bowl. I don't think that's been the case for the last several. So, um, I mean, where do we start here? The quarterbacks. I I, I know Connor said, Jack, if, um, if, you know, the Rams don't win the Super Bowl, all my talk was for not. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you all my talk is for not then because the Bengals are winning this football game wow you think so a prediction from chad right off the bat right off the bat yeah i want to give a little sneak peek of what you know obviously connor and john are the more important of the two so i figure save the most important picks for last give the folks a little tease early on to keep them interested um i will be taking the Bengals, but quarterback play um i trust Joe Burrow way more than I trust Matt Stafford. I don't know why. I just do. 
I don't hate. I mean, I don't hate it. I think Bur- Joe has more confidence in himself than Matt does, but I don't think that that's. It's not a big gap. It's not a big gap. Um, I think it's an incredibly exciting quarterback matchup. Uh, I, I you get you think you. I've been waiting personally for Burrow and just the, there's such a young team all around the Bengals, um, especially their, their best players are, are young. I've been waiting for them to crumble under the bright lights and they just simply have not done that. And uh, yeah, I, I think I'm leaning. I won't say what I'm leaning yet, but I, I I'm almost going to doubt him again. And I'm worried about it. Listen, I'll give you three reasons why the Rams will win this football game. All right. I've been thinking about this matchup for a long time. Joe Burrow, probably my favorite NFL player that's not on the Atlanta Falcons right now. Guy's a stud. If he wins it, I won't be mad. However, number one, I I truly think the Rams' defensive line is going to absolutely dominate the game. I think especially Donald up the middle, and uh, I think Vaughn Miller is on track to have the highest pass rush win rate in the playoffs, um, I think at least in the last 10 years. So I think they're going to get to Burrow a lot. Like John said, I do expect some regression, both just natural regression and turnover regression. I feel like the Bengals have been very lucky on that front. And three, it's the biggest game of the year. I feel like everybody is rooting for the Bengals and betting on the Bengals. I will gladly fade, and I'll take the Rams I think I'm going to take him with the points. I haven't decided yet, but I do think the Rams will win the football game. Wow. And we have a couple of fellas on opposite ends of the coin. So for me, you got the Super Bowl here. I I don't want to play with the spread, really. Um, uh, And I I think I lean the Rams. I just think the Rams, they have gone so all in this year. You know, they've had a lot of guys that have failed. Um, some of, I don't know how, how many, they've obviously been to the Super Bowl. How much of that roster is the same, like percentage wise? Do we know from, what was that? 2017, 2018? I would guess guess it's no more than a third. Say 10 to 13%. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got guys that have been there before. You got guys that have been superstars that have never been there before. I just think they're so all in. It's, it feels like they have to win the game and it feels like the Bengals, again, like I was saying, they're due to just kind of, to but they haven't fallen off, and that's the crazy part. So I wouldn't be shocked if they go in and win this game. I'm going to say I'm probably going to end up taking the Rams on the money line. Uh, I don't want to mess with the spread at all. I think that'll ruin the viewing experience also if, if you got to deal with the spread, dude. So I'm good with that. Um, I have no play on the total, no idea. Um, that's what I'm thinking right now. And I think it's going to come down to the star power. Truthfully, in the Super Bowl, I feel like in the last few seasons, at least last year, wasn't it like 12 to six? Uh, I, I mean, I think we're we're gonna we're gonna be in for a good one. I think. But but John, don't the Bengals have the two biggest stars in this game? I I don't know. Uh, Jalen, I'm really excited to see Ramsey and Chase. I mean, that's the best. That's best on best. I'm excited to see Aaron Donald. You can make the argument that the OBJ, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey is much more star power than your Burrow and Chase. And I'm not even mentioning the best player on the Rams, which is Cooper Cup. So I, I think the Rams have more more star power. They have more volume. And they have it more spread across their roster, which is, I think going to be the difference. So, so I have a very good question. Like, legitly good. Now... What trio at wide receiver would you? I don't know, Chad, because your audio is completely <laughs> cut out. I think you covered your mic up with your hand. Oh, hello. Good. Yeah. Okay. What trio would you rather have? Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, or Tyler Boyd, um, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase? I'll take the Rams trio because <clears throat> I think that Cooper Cup and OBJ are probably the two best right now. Well, Jamar Chase probably over OBJ. Cooper Cup's the best out of the Cooper Cup is the best out of the group, and then I probably put Jamar Chase. But OBJ in one game scenario, that I would still I would put the two of them simply over over the others. You can't rightfully take OBJ over T Higgins. 
It's I unjustifiable. I don't think you're right. <laughs> so we agree to disagree. Yeah, and also it's crazy because, you, you know, it's a shame Robert Woods isn't in the equation because then it would be Rams in a blowout. I want to uh, <clears throat> touch on something John said earlier about teams going all in. If the Rams win it this year, we have the Bucks winning last year who essentially did something very similar. Is that just going to yep. become the new norm? It, it, you know. the draft, let's just get a quarterback for whatever it takes. And we have the roster around him to win. I well, think you know that's a strategy. The Dolphins. Yeah. I, no, I don't think so. I, I definitely don't think so because you see the um, the Bengals are are here with a completely homegrown roster, and I think that there may be a, a Super Bowl loss this year away from being really good. I think you sometimes need to lose a big game like that to be really really good afterwards, um, and not get lazy and complacent if they win this one. So I think that. A loss with the for the Bengals could help them in the long run. Obviously, I don't want that. Um, but no, I think that's simply the it's just coincidence and the timing. The Bucks and and Rams have they fell into really good rosters to start the year, and they were close enough and good enough uh, and had enough capital to maneuver with to to get to where they are. I don't think that's going to be a three year thing. I'd be shocked. Not in the NFL. There's just too much parity. It seems like. So, I have a question for you two. And I think I know where I'd have him. I have to think about it for a second. But if Joe Burrow wins this Super Bowl in year two, coming off of a torn ACL, where would he be in the quarterback hierarchy moving forward? He's safely a top five guy. Yeah, I don't think that even – I don't even I don't factor think it that in. matters if he wins or loses. Yeah. He's he's right in that that four to five range, regardless. I think he's got just such an it factor about him too. He he makes a lot of mistakes, but he doesn't he never lets them compound. So, not even a lot of mistakes. He makes mistakes and he doesn't let them compound. So, I think I could potentially have him number two. Um, I personally think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes yeah. are both clearly yeah. better yeah. than him still. Yeah. But my original point was Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl. I, I so just that was not your original point. Your original yes, it point was. was. Where, where, where does he rank? Yeah, if he wins the Super Bowl, and I think if he wins the Super Bowl, I, I'm putting him ahead of Josh Allen. Chad Josh is just, not. Um, I I disagree. I think. Like, even if Mahomes had lost that first Super Bowl, I think I still I still would have said he's the best quarterback in the league. I mean, you have to think about, like, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are putting up regular season numbers that Joe Burrow, quite frankly, has not gotten that close to yet. Um, you're probably right. Um, I... I in terms of how Burrow's stats this year lined up with the other two, I'm not sure. I'd have to look. Obviously, you know, Allen's got the rushing yards. Let's also see it for more than one season, man. Like, listen, you were you were on this show saying how Josh Allen was a one-year wonder back in the day. So, I mean, it's not a given that Joe Burrow is just going to be elite. I think he is. But, like... If you're going to use that same thing on Josh Allen just because he's the Bills quarterback, let's let's slow the roll a little bit with Joe Burrow here. He's only played one full season. That's fair enough. I can't argue there. Look at that. A little uh, handshake. A little handshake moment. <laughs> yeah. That was nice. Yep. I, I uh, want to ask. So we kind of talked about our picks for the game. Has I mean, the biggest thing about Super Bowl – props long shot bets has anybody been looking at any has anybody locked some in already are there some that you're eyeing we'll just open it up to the floor you know you always got to go to the traditionals your your coin toss heads tails your gatorade bath color and national anthem that i don't actually like that one i've never taken the national anthem that will continue i just don't care um, you know, I want to enjoy my patriotic moment, not stress over it. 
Now, uh, coin toss, are you betting same thing every year? Are you like a tails never fails guy? Are you a whatever you're feeling that day? I tend, I do tend to rip a tails bet, and I will probably do so again this year. Um, yeah, I, I'm a tails never fails. Or I always rip tails when I'm doing a, a real life coin toss. In any scenario, I'm always tails. I have one I absolutely love at plus 145. No team to score three straight times, plus 145. That bet I always look at, and the, the no is always a pretty juicy plus, and then it, I just never take it. I never actually know, because I, I don't really follow that stat. So good luck to you. It's an interesting one for sure. Yeah, I mean, where it gets real sketchy is like the turn at the half gets sketchy. If you have two field goals and then get like a turnover – I do. I don't hate the value though. If you think the game's gonna be very back and forth. Yeah. What else that I saw that I like a lot is uh, the over ten and a half third down conversions made in the game for both teams combined. To one minus one twenty five juice. I just think the Super Bowl these quarterbacks. Yeah, the Super Bowl these quarterbacks and these offenses, and I think that the offenses are, are certainly stronger than the defenses for each team. Um, I think they make some conversions. The quarterback's got ice in their veins, so um, I, I see that happening. I, I I feel like that is, like, absurdly low. I'm looking at how many yeah. first downs were in last year's Super Bowl. Third down conversions. So I'm th- you think third down conversions, so you're probably teams are probably going, like, five or six for 11 or 12. Oh, they have That's to probably be third why it's down like, conversions. Third down conversions. Okay. I was like – I was like – First down, but I still, game. it's still a number that I like quite a bit. All right. Well, all right. So last last Super Bowl, there was seven combined third down conversions. Yeah, last Super consider. Bowl sucked, and that there was only seven with a really bad game, and I really like the number even more now. So I mean, you have your chances. The Chiefs were three for thirteen on third down, and the Bucks were four of twelve. So I mean. I mean, and last, yeah. Yeah. I think that this year it'll be more, I think it'll be more high scoring. We'll see. I just think there'll be more conversions. And then I'm also looking at net yards. Is it 769 and a half for both teams combined? And you're going to have to pull up the calculator for this one. Um, but I tend to like the over a little bit here because again, I think if you're going, if you if you like the conversions and, and if you think it's going to be more of a shootout, you got to go with both of these and vice versa. So, or you don't take them at all. <laughs> I'm probably going to take both overs because I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be exciting, an exciting game after last year's was so not. I have the last play I love. Tyler Higby first Rams touchdown, plus 750. All right. I don't hate that. I was actually thinking about touchdown scores today. I uh, I don't think I'll be taking anyone to score first, but you you can bet your ass I'll be betting on uh, I'll be betting on Chase to get in the end zone, Higby to get in the end zone. I think I like I I I've been riding Burrow to scramble in all postseason. I gotta just keep the train rolling, so I'll probably be at him as well. Yeah. I have a few more I'm looking at now <clears throat> for props here. Two-point conversion attempted, yes, is plus 100. I like the play. Just attempted. Attempted is plus 100, and then that leads me into my successful is plus 250. Why not throw like a half unit on that? I mean, or a quarter unit. Why not throw a small play on those? And then um, the first coach challenge overturned. Uh, is at minus 105, and I like that a lot, too. I don't think that you're going to challenge in the Super Bowl if you don't have 100% confidence you're going to overturn that. I don't know why you I'll, I'll tell you what, there. that first challenge, if you take that bet, it's going to be pretty electric. Like, nobody's going to be watching yeah. the game, and you're going to be like, you're going to be asking I, for volume up during that. Oh, no, I can promise you I'm, I'm literally going to lock it in right now. Um, yeah. That, you're not challenging, you're not wasting a challenge in a Super Bowl if you're people in the horn in your ear aren't 100% confident that that is going to get overturned. This is a, a potential max prop play. 
and I don't even know what my max for a prop is because I don't do that. Now tell um, me this: no challenges the entire game. I'm assuming it's null and void. I don't know. Now I'm gonna need to click. Let's see. I'm I'm honestly I would assume that the first if there's no challenges I, I think it might lose and I'm gonna go into the bet. So now I'm going to adjust. It's no longer a max play because you bring up a good point. So I'm going to go into the bet expecting that to be a loss um, to temper my high emotions towards my initial thoughts towards it. So that's just going to be a unit play. That's going to be a normal bet. Yeah, I I mean, I like those. Some of the other ones I was looking at, I like um, every Super Bowl. I like betting on the longest touchdown to be over one and a half yards. I like that bet every year pretty much. So you just have to avoid- You mean shortest? Yeah, sorry, sorry. Shortest touchdown over one and a half. Yeah, that would be a pretty bad bet if it was the other <laughs> way around. Um, I, I'll also be looking at longest field goal, and I like I my was... boy Evan McPherson over one and a half field goals made. Yeah. And then that leads me to my last bet, MVP race. I'm going to take – I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on, on Joey B., but on the, the other side of the ball, I like OBJ to win MVP. Wow. If the Rams win. Wow. Connor, do you have any crazy bets for us? I know we went over these last year. you have anything that come to mind? Yeah, I mean, most of those, like, really exotic prop markets – I don't think they've opened up yet, but I, I'm uh, I'm looking on DraftKings now. I was uh, some interesting notes in the meantime. The Bengals would be the they they'd win the Super Bowl as the team with the longest odds in North American pro sports. Wow. Since 2000. Wow. When the Rams did it as wow. 150 to one preseason favorites. Um, Joe Burrow will be the first player to win Natty, Heisman, and Super Bowl. So there's a lot a lot on the line. And that's all in like a three-year span. Yeah, that guy's just been on an absolute rocket ship. Um, oh, we got some cross-sport specials here. Okay, <laughs> oh, these are ridiculous. Uh, Alright. I don't know well, if we can even get into I'm these, I'm just going to go to one that's... <clears throat> I wanted to see if they had one for the Sabres specific. But, like, for example, there's first half I, yeah. total points in the Super Bowl versus total goals in the NHL the entire day of Sunday. I mean, yeah, dude, they're the most ridiculous. <laughs> you can lose. I mean, you can. I don't. I can't even look at. Like, I can't even let myself look at those. Um, I need to get out of here. Yeah. I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at Trey Young three maids versus Bengals total touchdowns. Yeah, no, uh, you, 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 no, you got to Honestly, you might want to just like delete, like flag that link. So like you get a, a virus next time. So you can't even get on again. Um, that's terrifying to think about. Um, anything else from a prop standpoint that we like? I, I, I think we're good. I think we can let's put a stamp your official Super Bowl play props aside. We, we set them already. We'll, we'll end with it. Rams money line. Rams the money Bengals. line. The Bengals. The Bengalis. Money line or spread? Um, you better say money both. line. You're soft. Both. Both. Okay. We'll take both. And I'm going to go Rams money line as well. You know what? I was going to consider taking Rams spread, but you're absolutely right about the spread ruining the game. Like, I would hate for the Rams to win on a walk-off field goal, and I still lose. Yeah. Oh, misery. Total misery, dude. Total misery. Real quick, right. before well, we uh, we move on, just our, our Super Bowl favorites for next year. We have Chiefs and Bills at plus 700. Rams at plus 1,000. Bengals plus 1,200. Cowboys, Niners, 1,400. And then I won't read the rest, but we'll go down to our teams. Dolphins sitting at a nice plus 4,000 entering next season. Some hope there. And uh, and my Falcons are, are right behind them at plus 5,000. So. A lot to look oh. forward to next year for our two teams. We could be like the Bengals the next year. You never know. Wow. I was going to say something mean, but I figure I'll leave it. <laughs> All right. Um, we'll be right back. And we're back. Thank you. 
Um, I know I have something on my to-do list, my checklist that I need to bring up, but I'll, I'll wait. Um, we're going to mix it around a little bit. We'll come back. We'll, we'll be there in a second. College basketball. Um, you know, season's still going. Teams are still good. Teams are still bad. Let's get into it. Guess the spread. Starting out this segment with guess the spread. And we are going to start tomorrow in Rutgersville. Rutgers is 13 and 9. They're at home against 14 and 5 Ohio State. Oh, um, Chad, we, we're going to chat. We're, we're going to need you to run that one back a little audio blip there. Um, okay. Rutgers is at uh, home against Ohio State. Yes. And Who's the first? series is tied 4-4, uh, John to serve. I'm going to go Ohio State minus four and a half. Real quick, I, I think someone's going to have to run this back. I'm pretty sure Chad just gives me another one and says it's tied every week. But that's a story for another day. I won't say anything, but John, I think you need to check the records there. I'm pretty sure he just adds one to me and says it's tied every single time. All right, we'll run the uh, tape back. Regardless, we'll tape back. Ohio State minus four and a half. Rutgers, different team at home. So uh, I will go Ohio State minus four. Ohio State. Oh, no. And there he goes. Chad, yeah, say one more time for the, no for the kids what? in the back. One more time for the kids in the back. Ohio State minus three. <laughs> All right. Jesus Christ. Connor, you're off. You would think this guy lives in, like, like moonshine country. You like live in, in the middle Guam, of the Appalachians. Dude? Like, literally. It, it, it's been about seven, maybe eight straight weeks of you just having massive difficulties. I think it's you guys. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. All right. Um. Kansas State is at home. They are 12 and 10 against 19 and 4 Baylor. I'll go Baylor minus three and a half. Who do they play? Kansas State. Baylor minus six. He keeps freezing, dude. This is awful. What? You freeze every five seconds. <laughs> um, it is Baylor minus six. Nailed oh, it. wow. Well done. Some some poor audio here out of chat. I can only take it for so much longer. <sighs> Mississippi State is at home against number 19, Tennessee. Mississippi State. Actually, pick them. Wow. Uh, I'll go Miss State minus one. Tennessee minus one. Bitch. I couldn't decide which. I knew, one, I knew one of the teams was going to be slightly favored. I, I couldn't decide. Fuck yeah. 2-1. Uh, two, one. Two, one, Oklahoma at home against Texas Tech. Give me Tech. Minus one and a half. Tech minus three. Tech minus two and a half. What a Damn. what a matchup. <laughs> you guys did really well there. That was impressive, though. I've gotten the spreads are starting to get a little bit easier to, to read, I think, um, as the season has entered the back half. I mean, um, I'll tell you what, so you attack Texas Tech. You've just been watching too much Red Raiders. Oh, yeah, I, I can read Texas Tech spreads like a book. Every day you're looking for the, the Texas Tech spread. I, I can hit that, yeah, yeah. I, I can probably give you a spread for every matchup in that conference within within two points. But there's right. been a lot, it's been a lot of good college basketball lately. For for anyone that has been uh you know keeping a side eye with the call with the football season here, uh sun setting, it's been some good college basketball last night. We had uh, UVA beat Duke at the buzzer pretty essentially. We had Texas beat Kansas on the last possession of the game. 
And that's at, to Duke. That's after Duke beat the brakes off yeah. the UNC. So on the road, and they come yeah. back at home to do that total letdown game. UVA had has, has been bad, but they've kind of steadily knocked some, put some wins in their uh, profile because the ACC is so weak. Uh, so they might backdoor the tournament. We'll see. Um, it's been exciting though. I mean, the Big Twelve is deep, as we've mentioned, as is the Big East. The SEC has proven to be very strong. Kentucky and Auburn. Could be the two best teams in the nation. Uh, Kentucky's getting a fight from the South Carolina Gamecocks tonight here in Columbia in Colonial Life Arena. It's a five-point game with 14 minutes left. I'll be leaving this recording to watch that. I can't wait. You guys will find out if they win by the time this comes out. But uh, we'll see. Connor, who? Uh, actually, I guess I we can both do this. We've been doing it every week. Who's your Who's your final four right now? Who's your top four? You know, you you say these four teams really are built for that that March run. Where are we? At? I'll, I'll tell you what. Despite the loss, I'm keeping Duke in there. There's that something about that team. They get up for big games and they play down to yeah teams competition, which worries me early on in the tournament. But I think if they can get through like the first weekend, they'll be good. I'm still riding with Gonzaga. I still I think they have the most talented team in the country still. Uh, I'm going to take UCLA out. I'm going to yeah. throw bad week for UCLA, bad week for UCLA. I'm going to throw Kansas in there and my fourth team. I'm going to throw Kentucky in there. Okay. Chad. All right. I am leaving in Auburn, Kentucky and Kansas who I've had since the start. I will be removing Texas this week, replacing them with Duke. Duke is quite good. Really good. Okay. I'm going Auburn, Kentucky as well. I just think they are so they are such strong teams. Texas Tech has risen five slots. They're up to number nine. Obviously, I've been high on Texas Tech all year. They have been playing the best basketball I've seen out of them. They've ripped off consecutive wins. After a letdown spot on the road at Kansas State, they've beaten Iowa State, West Virginia, Texas, and West Virginia again on the road. Um, they're playing very well. And the fourth spot's very hard at this point. I'm, I'm, I've considered Houston had Providence in and out of this. I'm going Illinois. Illinois, just like Texas Tech, has been playing really good basketball after a letdown spot loss on the road to Maryland. They didn't have Kofi and Cabela that game. Uh, and all they've done since is they've gone out and they've beaten Michigan State, Northwestern on the road, Wisconsin, and Indiana on the road, which was a stunning win. They, they killed them. Indiana's been playing well. So, and that was that's a tough that's a tough place to play on a Saturday. So uh, those four teams are great, but there's still so much parity. I, I want to uh, reframe the question slightly before we, uh, we let John go here. Not who do you think will be the final four? Who do you think the yeah. top four number one seeds are right now? No, I'll, I mean, that would probably be based on the rankings, but I'm thinking like those four teams I could see running like, Right, you know, right, Gonzaga. Right. I'm I'm saying, who do you think the committee will give the top four seeds to right now? Oh, right now, I'd say like if this season ended now, or like predicting the rest of the way. What do you think? Uh, like a little bit of both, but mostly predicting. All right, we'll say we'll predict the rest of the way because I mean I would probably just go to the top four teams if it was right now. Um, I think that it's only going to be one of the SECs, so I'm going to say let's say Auburn. Um, we'll say Gonzaga because they're probably not going to lose again. Um, you think a big 10 would probably be in there at this point. I don't know why you wouldn't say Purdue. Uh, and then I'll say, I'll say Duke probably gets that, that last one. I would go the same. I think Baylor or Kansas gets the last one seed over Duke. The only issue with the big 12 for me, I I love the big 12. I think they're so deep. They just beat up on each other. And I think they're going to have a bunch of teams that are between seeds two and five. They're going to have probably half their conference between, between seeds two and five. They're not going to have any ones, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, bigger picture ACC really, they truly could be a, like a a two or three school, uh, three conference. Yeah. Yeah. Three school conference this year, which is bad. Chad, Chad, what do you got? Um, I think Auburn, Kentucky are shoe-ins. Um, I think Purdue is the best team in the Big Ten, so I think they will wind up being a one seed. And then I think, you know, I, I'm really high on Duke. I think they'll struggle to get a one seed just because of how weak the ACC is. So um, give me the uh, 
Give me Arizona. You know, two losses. They could finish the year with two losses. So I, I like the top four as it is right now to be all one seeds in the tournament. That's just so similar to that <laughs> Chiefs-Rams Super Bowl prediction. Um, one thing I want to make note of, Baylor's playing bad basketball. They lost uh, to Bama by nine, but it felt like they could have lost that game by more. They, they snuck out a, a win at home against West Virginia, and I don't think West Virginia is very good. They arguably are the worst team in the Big 12, from my say, opinion. In my opinion, watching Baylor, great team, but out of the top teams, I feel like they lack a a true go-to score. They don't, exactly. To they, don't, they don't have that. It showed against Kansas. They got blown out on the road against Kansas, their most recent game. The issues they've had, their scores have been in and out of the lineup for various reasons lately. Cryer's their best score. He hasn't played in, in several games. So when he gets back, you think they'll be better. But um, yeah, they, they've got to figure some stuff out. They need someone someone to emerge for sure. It could be Cryer when he comes back. Uh, he's definitely their best shooter. They don't have much. They don't have the shooting talent like last year where they had Teague and Mitchell. And who's the other one? Uh, uh, Butler. Those Jared guys Butler. drilled threes. Just yeah. drilled them. And Knocked they, they have that the the one kid that starts for him this year. I think he's number two. He was coming off the bench for him last year, just drilling threes. Yeah. They're, uh, I mean, they're still very talented. They're deep. They just they don't have a guy. So if they can develop, someone can develop into that guy in the back half of the season, they could be very dangerous. They just need that to happen. And then last but Providence, not least. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say last my last one, Providence is 20-2. and two. They've been incredible. They've just rolled through the big east it's been impressive it's been a tough conference they they've got to be one of the best teams against the spread um and murray state came in for the first time here at 23 they're 22 and 2 good little team yeah that's a nice segue i was gonna ask for one dark horse team you could see making a final four run i assume john's gonna go with providence i'd still consider them a, a, a dark horse yeah <clears throat> i will I, they're, they're they're complete i'll be selecting syracuse I can't wait for Q's to be on the bubble for an eighth straight year. But this year, the ACC is not going to bail them out. I'll tell you that. Um, my dark horse team. I like, I don't, I don't know if, uh, if, if I guess Illinois is not really a dark horse. I will take, assuming that, that Colin Gillespie's uh, ankle injury isn't bad. I'll take Villanova. They're playing good basketball yeah. lately. Are they dark horse though? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, let me let me get darker. What about? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Give me. I, I don't think at like Alabama. I would say I don't know if they're necessarily a dark horse. I was. <sighs> I was thinking, like, if you want to get a little obscure, not not, not I like San obscure. Francisco, man. I'll tell you that. I like San, San Francisco. Francisco had I a, like Colorado State. See, I I don't like Colorado State. San Francisco had a really nice win uh, on the road against BYU. I think they're on the road. And a team that I like a lot. I've watched some of their games lately. I've been watched a little more A10 ball. Davidson is a good team. Davidson has. has they're Davidson always has guys that can shoot the three, but they've got they are more complete. It looks like and a they coach be, with tournament experience. Yeah, they could be a problem. Um, they could certainly be a problem, and yeah. Also, uh, they're they're highly ranked. They're six. We haven't talked about them. Houston is super solid. They've lost two of their best players this year earlier in the year. Super solid team still. If they come back, I don't know what their timeline is. They could make a run of the to the. Final four for on sure. Houston and that conference Memphis officially dead. I saw Monty Bates probably will not be playing again this season. So uh, there for all the, the glory we'll give Chad for his Rams Super Bowl pick your Memphis national championship pick. Probably one of the worst picks you've ever had on this show. That's so, bad. Fun fact on that. Monty Bates is not draft eligible. He's not draft eligible. He's going to go. I believe he's going to he's going to play for a pro team somewhere, I believe. Oh, did not know that. Interesting. Which wow. is this, you know, something weird because James Wiseman didn't finish the season there last year. And you know what? I do have an update. I don't want to lie. It was rumored he was going to go. Uh, as of today, he's now returning to Memphis, but he's getting treatment on his back. 
who knows if he's going to – he's seen a specialist. Who knows if he's going to play. What a massive program. Yeah. That. Penny's got to get fired. I don't know how he's still coaching there, honestly. It's tough. Because they'll, get, they'll uh, get a top five recruit again next year, and then we'll do the same bullshit, and then they'll be bad again. Yeah, seriously. Um, anything else? I'm done. That's all I got for college basketball. Should be another good – next week of games i mean the week the weeknight slates now are, are getting insane so it's we're really in peak college basketball season it's exciting where are we at in the cox the cox the, the cox are they're continuing to battle with kentucky here it's an eight point game with 11:54 left um so it's over no definitely not we were down 11 earlier. We came back and tied it. There's a lot of ball to be played out there at Colonial Life. The crowd was rowdy. They're into it. Hey, John, um, I'll tell you what. How about you go watch that game? We'll talk a little little NBA trade deadline. We're gonna. The fellows are giving me the rest of the episode off. You know, I I, I appreciate it. Um, back healthy, one last call. Cox are playing healthy. I, hey, I follow up from last week. We've switched. We we've gone into the workouts. No agenda. It's been awesome. I've loved it. I actually, it's great. It's, it's really great. Um, no expectations. Freeze you up a little bit. Uh, good luck. Talk some NBA. We'll see you next week. All right. NBA front. Connor, we started the episode with it, but John said we, we got too far ahead of ourselves. But in response to your statement about the trade, listen. Bottom line is this. The Kings were able to, you know, trade for a two-time all-star that's 25 years old you can't pass that up i i listen i'm a king's fan uh, you know i like tyrese halliburton just as ne- just as much as the next person but i don't know you know you can't i don't know how you say no to sabonis for halliburton i mean that's what the trade boils down to all the four other players are irrelevant um so I just look at it as the Kings were, you know, regardless of how good Halliburton is and is going to be, you know, they're not going anywhere with the roster they currently have. So they're they're trying something new. So I don't fault them for that. Listen, so I agree. I love Sabonis as a player. He's young. Uh, I'm pretty sure he just signed an extension. So I don't think free agency is necessarily a uh, a concern. But can you one you throw in Buddy Heel to that deal, and I get you're getting his contract off the books, but I mean he's a solid player who undoubtedly most contenders would be interested in in dealing for. So that that's my first point. Two, could you not have done that same deal with trading Fox instead of Halliburton? And I agree, I think Fox is better. But there's not a guarantee Fox is going to resign with you. I, I think he signed an extension, like, what, two years ago, a year ago? Yeah, last year. So he's locked up for a while. So you have him locked up, but but you have Halliburton on a rookie deal still. He just has uh, he just had a career-high 17 assists. And quite frankly, I, I, I thought the Kings were playing better with, with him running the show than and Fox not in there. Um. And and my last point is is what does getting Sabonis do for you? I mean, other than clearing cap, like this is not a move that's going to make you not definitely not title contenders, but quite frankly, probably not even playoff contenders. Still. Well, no, I completely agree. I mean, regardless of this move, the Kings aren't you know aren't going to make the playoffs this year, but you have a need. You know, when you're running out there, the likes of Marvin Bagley at the four, I mean, that's arguably the worst. You know, he's not even starting like the Kings have had a smorgasbord of guys playing at the four all year. And you you basically now have the four and five locked into an extent with Sabonis and Rashawn Holmes. And, you know, you still have your rookie first round pick who is now now has an opportunity to start in Davion Mitchell. Um, So it's not like the Kings are, you know, out to dry in terms of another guard. Uh, That's the depth on that team. Yeah, I I just thought it was, I just thought it was an interesting move. I thought Fox was going to get moved for sure. Um, 
I mean, the other thing is Halliburton seemed like one of the few players on the roster that did actually want to play in Sacramento. So that's uh, a little bit concerning. A couple more years in Sacramento could change that thinking, though. You know? Yeah, but I'm saying Fox is already there, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, bottom line is I, I think the Kings did try it to move Fox, but I think teams, you know, Fox, it's no secret. Fox has struggled the first half of this year, you know, arguably his worst half in, uh, you know, probably the last three years, but he's still averaging over 20 points a game, over five assists a game. Um, It's, you know, the shooting numbers are way down. So I still think there's, you know, a lot of upside there to where, you know, Halliburton has played really well this year. five years old and you know has has been there and done that for five years so uh, listen i i get it if if you want to sit here and you know say you know maybe the kings lost the trade um or say it could go either way we're gonna have to see how it plays out but you know the people online even the big name people are just saying the kings got fleeced i don't know how you can say that you know there's no one is sitting there weekday nights like me watching the Kings every single game doesn't matter how bad they are I'm gonna I'm gonna watch at least a quarter to a half of every Kings game so I see all these players you know people you know see Tyrese Halliburton because he pops up on Twitter after a 17 assist a game and you know I see it every day I just I can't look at this trade on paper and say they got fleeced you know in my opinion they got the best player in the deal right now um and plays in Washington uh, this Saturday night, so I'm going to go to a little Wizards Kings. I can get tickets for basically free. They might pay me to go. Uh, they so do excited. have a sports book in the arena, too. Fun fact. Really? This is big. This is my first NBA game I'll ever be attending. At Capital One Arena, they do have a sports book. I will say my last thing on the, the Kings trade. Uh, I do think people are overreacting a bit. I, I like Halliburton as a player. I don't think he's a a game changer by any chance, any, any means. I think he'd be a, a great three or fourth option on a championship team. And he's an incredible defender. Um, but I agree. I don't think it's as lopsided. I just, I feel like it was more or less a lateral move for the Kings other than freeing up cap space, which they had to do, but we'll you shift. Know, Go ahead. If Halliburton was uh LaMelo ball, then, you know, I think, isn't Lamelo Ball. He's not Anthony Edwards. You know, he's somewhere between those guys and like the Cole Anthony's of the world. Somewhere in between that. You know, so I just, you know, I think it's pretty. Connor put it the right way. You know, it's a lateral move. Yeah. So we'll ship to the other big trade today. Blazers shipped C.J. McCollum to the Pelicans for basically a sack of trash and Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's a Josh Hart's good. Josh Hart's, he's decent. But again, another lateral move, uh, another cap space. Uh, Blazers have since said they're building around Damian Lillard. I think that's absolute bullshit. I think they're just saying that. Um, I still don't think Lillard comes back after next season. But uh, I also, I, I, I don't know how long McCollum stays in, in New Orleans. A lot of times we see, you know, this ends up in like a buyout or something like that. I mean, the Kings are bad. The Pelicans are even worse right now, especially without Zion. So I guess on that note, do you think Lillard is still in jeopardy of being traded? Do you think that move had any significance overall? No, I think this is basically the Blazers starting the rebuild process, um, but I, I don't think they're ready to move Lillard yet, unless they're blown away by an offer at the deadline. Um I, I will say from the Pelicans' perspective, I think it's a, a decent move. I personally am not that high on C.J. McCollum. Um, he doesn't do anything outside of shooting the ball. Not gonna, you know, he's not a distributor. He's not gonna. He's not a good rebounder for a guard. Um, you know, so I, 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 the Pelicans are currently the ten seed. 
Um, you know, they've played a little better as of late. Um, so they're in the hunt for a playoff spot. Um, I, I, uh, 500 and, you know, are at nine or a 10 seed. I don't think it, again, a lateral move. I don't think it moves the needle a lot. I agree. Um, and then lastly, are there any big deals you still expect to happen? I know Harden Simmons is rumored almost daily. I don't actually see either of them getting moved before the deadline. I, I don't think that makes any sense for Brooklyn because, you know, Ben Simmons is a head case right now. And, you know, what what good is it getting fleeced on it? Like James Harden is such a good basketball player. You know, if you risk losing them this offseason, so be it. But if if Katie comes back healthy and in Kyrie's playing and Harden's playing, the Nets could still win the championship. No doubt in my mind. They're still the favorites, which is absolutely crazy. But what do you think? I, I, uh, I'm being moved. Um, I think. Go ahead. I, I didn't hear what you said at the, the beginning of that. Oh, I said I don't see Ben Simmons getting moved. I just think Phoenix or not Phoenix, Philly wants too much and teams are just worried about, you know, where Ben Ben Simmons is at. So I don't I don't see them moving him. Yeah, I mean for me, I don't see a team that they get Ben Simmons and I'm like, you know, that's the favorite to win the title, you know? So I don't know why you do it to trade away like you're probably gonna have to deal a good young player in a couple of first rounders, so See, a perfect landing spot for Ben Simmons would have been like New Orleans. Now, they would have had to put together a better package, but you basically, you have, you know, Ben Simmons, who's who's not going to score the ball, but distributing to, you know, Brandon Ingram and Zion if he comes back, you know, that would have been an interesting landing spot for Simmons. I, I was going to say Ben Simmons for Zion. Who says no? I assume the Pelicans do. I don't know. I mean, both players have so many question marks right now. Yeah, I, I personally am, you know, most of uh, America is higher on Ben Simmons than I or not uh, Zion Williamson than I am. I just think there's a real concern about him staying healthy. Um, So. I don't know. And it, uh, there's no chance he resigns there. So he has what, two more years? Three? Two. Two. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I did not see this Kings deal happening today. So I'm sure we'll get surprised with something tomorrow. Um, I'm really trying to think of other, other big names to watch. Sabonis so got dealt today. Uh, I guess I could see the Pacers moving Miles Turner still potentially. Um, yeah, but this year's a little bit different. The the top isn't as separated from the rest of the pack this year, so I don't think there's as clear of a divide between buyers and sellers as we've had in years past. Yeah, uh, like the teams like Phoenix, you know, Utah's of the world. I don't really see them making any splashes um in the east you know i just don't know enough about the east to really know uh i I don't see the lakers or clippers really doing much i know the clippers made a trade uh, what a couple days ago that was an irrelevant trade but so i just you know i don't think there's gonna be many other massive deals like you know we saw today now it's relative but you know for this year it might be the case yeah i mean that was that was all i have on it uh super bowl is gonna be fun pro bowl sucked that was that'll be my last call fuck the pro bowl what a horrible product that is just get rid of it just say they're pro bowlers and don't play the game honestly uh college basketball is heating up we are one month away from March. It's going to be a great time. And the NBA All-Star break is coming up next weekend. So we'll get the, I 
think it's a little bit past the halfway point and yeah i mean we're almost we're we're getting dangerously close to the dog days of sports here so we got to enjoy it while it lasts yes we do my last call just you know the nhl hit you know the all-star their all-star weekend they do it right you know great events i want to say trevor's zgrass is just very fun to watch player he is indeed so with that we're going to sail off uh we will talk to you next week with a new super bowl champ thank you for listening production by aj bradbury